the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking tech, talking tech, talking investing, talking anything that you want to talk about ultimately. Money investing and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things I've been talking about as far as digital assistance and media, I've, I've come across some research recently and I started like yellow highlighting everything. And when you take like a 300 page thing and try to yellow highlight it down to a radio show, it can be kind of brutal and kind of difficult, but I've tried and you know, I can't promise that this is entertaining to you, but I could promise that there's a lot of investment ideas inside of it. And if you kind of get the idea of reading research reports and reading analyst ideas, you you kind of get where we're going as far as investment opportunities. And you're always looking for like the age and the baby boomer. The and they're going to consume more pharmaceuticals and they're going to go to the hospitals more. They're going to have heart attacks more often. And, you know, the companies come out with stents and they come out with stents that are coated in drugs and that slowly releases drugs in your blood. You know, and and let your heart that your body accept that fake heart or artificial heart or artificial stent or whatever it is that they're putting in your body. A lot going on there, right? So the future of tech and media, we know that there's a lot going on there. Uh, You're talking about augmented reality is going to eventually become a $70 billion business. And we've heard that and we're like, ooh, that's a lot. Um, So one of the things I'm trying to do is put this all kind of into digestible form. There's $300 billion in tech and media growth dollars the next two to three years. There's 31 hours a day because we can we multitask. There are super users who are spending a lot more time and a lot more money on some of these trends, like they're watching Netflix and Hulu at the same time. Um, or they're playing video games and listening to Spotify or Apple Music at the same time. So just opening this can of worms it's big and i'm doing the best i can to really kind of get into digital assistance for you um now i want to get into leave digital assistance behind and go into virtual reality augmented reality for you there's a great deal of hype and confusion about virtual reality and augmented reality merged reality transmogrified reality immersive computing um mediated reality, extended reality. I've heard all of these terms, right? Hyper-reality, cinematic reality, mixed reality, uh, augmented virtuality, spatial computing, holographic devices, blah, 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 blah. Reality computing enables rich, immersive experience that will lead to the next big computing platform. Some of the virtual reality and augmented reality that we've seen so far ain't all that in a bucket of chicken. Um, but virtual reality could put you on a space station. Virtual reality could put you on top of a skyscraper in Hong Kong. Virtual reality can put you in your friend's college dorm room. Facebook recently showed something that they're doing with Oculus that 
when you put on your Oculus headgear, the first thing you see is your kind of like your home station. And where do you go from there? Kind of a home screen. Are you going to hit the Internet Explorer button? Are you going to hit an app and go play, you know, Angry Birds? What are you going to do? Virtual reality is fully immersive, and it uses a virtual or digital environment. Augmented reality is digital overlay visuals and information onto a physical world through spatial mapping. And the best way of explaining that is Pokemon Go. When you're playing Pokemon Go, your camera turns on and you can see the outside world. And then suddenly, oh, a Pikachu is right Pikachu. in front of you. Now, virtual reality it allows you to explore the imaginary world, enables interactive gaming. Zombies can jump out at you. Now, zombies can jump out at you in your own home with augmented reality. But virtual reality kind of wants to set it up in an old, scary, <laughs> haunted house. Now, the next big computing platform... Who wants to be chased by Michael Myers? I do. I do. I never really liked Michael Myers. In the world of bad guys, I was much more of a fan of Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger. No. Um, yes. No. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Can you speak Russian? Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've been stumped. So the next big computing platform is going to try to merge, and you've seen uh, Microsoft kind of play with this, digital and physical worlds. You've seen digital keyboards or virtual keyboards. It's kind of an, a neat idea, and it'll guide decisions and actions through artificial intelligence. Uh, it'll integrate emerging technologies to create everywhere screens, enhance collaboration, augment enterprise capabilities across industries. I'm not ready for this. Reality computing is primarily entertainment today, but it becomes the next big computing platform, which incorporates sophisticated technology. Um, you know, messaging, social, console gaming, casual gaming, at-home shopping. Um, and that turns into, you know, th those are all things that we do right now. We can message in social and get on... Uh, FaceTime with each other and like, hey, I got a silly little hat that I'm wearing. Or I get on Snap and like, hey, I got googly eyes for you. Uh, where reality computing wants to go is the Internet of Things kind of data for test and repair. So that you could be building a car and you could be putting a part on and you could say, uh-oh, this is a bad cracked tube. This is going to be good. Um, collaboration with spatial mapping, where if you're going to engineer a car together, perhaps one engineer in China could be working with an engineer in Detroit. Um, I hate it when I just did what I just did. I just talked about a country and then I, I put in a state versus a country. Blech, stupid me. But when 5G becomes fast enough, we're going to start getting more technology like everywhere screens and virtual assistants that are a little bit more like... Um, Ozzy's gone crazy. What am I trying to think of? He's the metal man. He's Iron Man. So his Iron Man virtual assistant, um, almost in real time, uh, was pretty cool. So reality computing is going to be a $70 billion business by 2021. Hmm. And that's, again, when you kind of start mixing augmented reality with virtual reality. Today, it's about a $4 billion business. And augmented reality, because of iPhone 10, it'll be on 400 smart million, 400 million smartphones, you know, with the uh, artificial reality kit that Apple has released. Um, artificial reality is expected to gain a footing in enterprise before consumer adoption. D 
due to the proven enterprise use cases, high prices and bulky form factor, augmented reality consumer revenue will begin to take off after the enterprise does. So it'll be about 2021 when augmented reality will hit about $71 billion plus. Again, most of the money is going to go into consumer uh, applications versus, I'm sorry, most of the money is going to go into enterprise applications versus consumer applications. Virtual reality is innovative. Um, it, it's new media, it's new information, it's new entertainment medium. So virtual reality is playing into immersive gaming and movies and the concerts. Uh, it is sporting events where literally now you could sit in your house and be on the 50-yard line of a football game. Pretty cool. Uh, you could sit in your house and travel and see Australia's you know, golden shores long before you hit those beaches. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. I've tried my best to kind of talk about some of the digital media consumption that we're going to be doing sooner rather than later. And it's tough content to get through because I read just a crazy long um, research report that I yellow highlighted what I could. I'm trying to share a lot of that with you kind of on the fly about how big of a billion dollar, 300 plus billion dollars in augmented reality versus virtual reality, premium video, big influencers, uh, smart speakers. Uh, this is the year, 2017, the year of the smart speaker. There's no doubt about it. And virtual reality, when, you know, um, I go to a concert, I went to a concert last year that, I'm not kidding you, I paid pretty good seats for, pretty good money for seats. I was in the 14th row. And this douche, whatever you want to say, nasty word about a human being, uh, stood up in front of me the whole time. Now, again, that's okay. You pay for a seat. You can stand or you can sit. But when 99.9% of the rest of the audience is sitting, like during the slow songs, uh, sit, put your butt down. If 99.9% of people are doing it, do it. If everyone's standing through the whole thing, I get it. If 50%, I get it. Um, at least at some point in time, look around yourself and be self-aware that you are that guy. Um, and that you can't really dance to a chant. You can try, but it's going to look pretty stupid. So virtual reality, had I been on, had I paid for front row seats, Peter Gabriel or Coldplay or uh, Biggie Smalls or Tupac. I know you're saying they're dead, but if they had a virtual concert, I could take my kids to it and say, hey, this is Tupac. Back in the day, uh, he was pretty cool, and your dad was too afraid to listen to him because he was a gangster, and uh, he's afraid of gangsters. But now that he's dead, I'm not afraid to take you to a virtual concert. So it's kind of a neat idea. Whether it be, and you can feel that you're in the front row, and they can put enough speakers on you or near you that you're in the front row, and it feels like he's winking at you, kind of thing. And same thing with a sporting event. Um, I've for people who've never been to a Manchester United game uh, in Old Tafford, England, you're missing something, right? You're missing the ole 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 ole. You're missing the, you know, we're a part of Pakistan army, one way to story, and we're really shake up on in the World Cup. Like, we don't get that kind of culture here. 
Um, it would be cool to get into the virtual reality world and, uh, you know, go to a presidential speech where you're sitting behind him, right? As he's addressing the nation. Uh, you too can fall asleep just like the vice president, Al Gore, once did. I know you're saying, whoa, that's cool. So, yeah, we're going to get there. And that's, you know, who controls that content, who controls that delivery system of virtual worlds will we'll be a big winner in, in media. Big winner. Uh, media and entertainment companies have invested in virtual reality to create new forms of experimental um, and experiential, experiential content. Uh, the New York Times has a virtual reality app allowing users to witness current events in purely virtual environment worlds. USA Today is playing with one where you can, like, get on the deck of a virtual, uh, 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 they're doing a little virtual reality tour where you can get on the deck of an aircraft carrier, or you can see what it's like to try to stop a 100 mile per hour slap shot from Alex Ovechkin. CBS has transformed Netflix's Stranger Things into an Emmy nominated virtual reality experience. Hulu launched a virtual reality app for Samsung Gear virtual reality, which allows subscribers to view exclusive immersive content. Bethesda Gameworks, they're releasing a Fallout, Doom, and Skyrim as virtual reality games for the PlayStation virtual reality headset. Bow uh, Bow, Bow Bob, um, in Asia, has created a virtual reality movies, including the daytime Emmy winning Invasion. So, a lot of companies like Next VR is working to capture streaming, live, and sporting events, NBA, NFL, concerts, um, all with virtual reality devices. So virtual reality device companies are lowering price to reach larger audiences. We've seen price cuts going into the 2017 holiday season uh, because 1400 to 1200 mom and dad are like, no, 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 no. And then you get to a yes. History of the world. One of the greatest scenes in movie history. Uh, I'm going to do a PG version of it. It was R rated. No, 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 no. Yes. Same thing with the Gear Virtual Reality Galaxy S7, the Oculus gaming platform, the Vive gaming plus computer, the Virtual Reality PlayStation solution. The like, there's so much out there right now. You know, Google's got the cardboard virtual reality headset. Um, and when we get two hundred dollars, and we will get two hundred dollars virtual reality when, when, um, two hundred to six hundred dollars, whether you're throwing in a computer and or headset or just a headset. Uh, probably second half of 2018. And that's when people are like, yes, 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 yes. And then we'll go, no, no one wants to know that Samsung crap. Um, virtual reality will not reach scaled for quite a while, though. Um, standalone and tethered. Um, PlayStation, virtual reality, Oculus and Vive have got that going. Uh, mobile, where you have it all, you know, mobile, like Samsung's got a version where you buy the headset, but then you put your phone into the headset, so you don't need to be tethered to a computer. Um, you know, we're not talking consumer adoption above 2% until 2020. So on a global population, it's a long time. Smartphones are going to make augmented reality accessible to large-scale customer audiences. Um, my very hungry caterpillar, Minecraft, Atom Visualizer. Um, they're out there now as far as augmented reality goes. Apple's ArtKit currently is enabled on iPhone 6s and later. Google's R-Core currently enabled on Galaxy S8 and Pixel phones. 
the Arc Core is so far behind Apple's Arc Kit for AR, AR Kit, and AR Core um, is the way I should be saying this. But you get an instant user base anytime you come up with software solutions. Um, augmented reality optimized smartphones already have the required hardware, so no additional consumer cost to you. So the reason to go out and get a, a 10 Apple phone is because it's got a super chip in it and it has that augmented reality kit built into the software. Augmented reality will rapidly become a ubiquitous feature on smartphones, bringing reality computing to the mainstream. So it's the smartphone where augmented reality is gonna really start. And again, we're growing towards virtual reality. And when do we get that above 2%? And Apple, where's your virtual reality headset? Apple's like, nope. Our virtual reality is augmented reality for now. We'll get there. But we're not talking over 2% numbers for a while. We're going to focus on the big numbers. 30% of all smartphones, widespread adoption, 2017, 2018. Uh, for other phones, 2020. We're getting there. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So when I do a show like this, when I'm talking about big trends and big ideas, what I'm trying to do is teach you as an investor to like do your homework and then start playing in that playground once you identified some areas that you like and feel comfortable in. For instance, like restaurants I could talk about where they've got challenging fundamentals and you know they always are going to have a situation where some of their customers will pay $40 for a steak, some will pay $50, some will pay $60. But at some point in time, we tap on and we go, that's too much. There's quick serve restaurants, there's casual restaurants, um, there's fine dining, there's all sorts of investment plays that you can have, like a Ruth's Chris or a Cheesecake Factory or a McDonald's. And they're all about putting food in your belly. And they all have different margins. And some have pricing power. Some do. Some don't. Um, on the low end, there's not a lot of pricing power. So, and that's one of the reasons you get into the, you know, the dollar menus. Restaurants are most resilient, you know, business out there. You know, for consumer discretionary investors, it's, you know, an area that can, you know, be a big part of our lives and it can deteriorate really quickly. And there is a brick-and-mortar feel to it. Amazon doesn't sell a pigeon that comes to your house and spit worms in your mouth yet. Um, they will at some point in time, but we still need food in our belly. So will there... I mean, Amazon does have the ability to do, like, Whole Foods discounting and things like that and just bring it to you. And there's all these value bundles that are out there. But long-term, there's, you know, a supply and demand, and there's margins, and not a lot of pricing power out there, because like I said, when I started this, how much are you going to pay for bacon and eggs? And do you want quick service? Do you want sit-down? Do you want casual? Um, do you want high-end, you know, McDonald's, Wendy's, uh, Bloomin' Brands, Darden Restaurants, Starbucks, Chipotle? There's a whole slew of restaurant names out there. That's what I'll do on one show. On another show, I'll start talking about virtual reality and augmented reality, like I've been doing today. And trying to finish this a little bit and showing you how, like, Apple said, you know, we're not even going to do the virtual reality yet. Uh, we're just going to stick with augmented reality in our new upgrade of phones because we've set the augmented reality kit inside so the software can you know, start doing this. Pokemon Go was a great example of augmented reality. Ikea's got an app out there that's pretty high on... No, it's not high. It's... You can literally take a picture of your a couch that you want to buy and put it into your living room and see where it fits or doesn't fit. 
a dresser where it fits what, how does it look, how does it not look. So you could take your kitchen and put a new microwave in it. Try it on the counter, try it on top of the refrigerator, try it on the ground. I know you're saying, Rob, do you have a microwave on the ground? No, I don't. But in augmented reality world, I do. Augmented reality is going to gain increasingly more sophisticated functionality as we see there's a proof of concept. We saw that initially with Google Glass, where it was able to overlay a 2D digital screen over the viewing area, and it had some GPS integration. Not much else going on. Little location pinning, little notifications on a head-up display. Then we're moving towards augmented reality entertainment, uh, facial recognition, physics engines, tracking and mapping, games anchored in the real world like Minecraft on a table, the ability to apply filters to a face um, like Snapchat, uh, digitally trying on clothes, which shouldn't be that difficult of a process, but again, it gives everyone a winning situation because uh, if you want to see what you look like an extra large shirt from Banana Republic versus an XXL, uh, it may save you some time and money on your order. It may save them some time and money. Uh, so proof of concept was the Google Glass. Then it became the augmented reality entertainment. Then it's become the enterprise super workers, uh, where you're seeing significant increases in reliability, durability, and accuracy. Headsets allowing for use of hands. So that, you know, that allows surgeons to be surgeons. Um, and yet they could look up, you know, oh, the, the camera on their glasses could spot a bleeding artery or the camera on their glasses could say, oh, you left a scalpel in there. Um, oil and gas field workers and assembly lines, um, you know, an assembly line could look up in their glasses or in their augmented reality and see like, oh, okay, I see that I've got, you know, 300 more widgets until I can call it a day. Well, now I see that I've got 299, 298, 297. So you're going to get into more sophisticated computing platforms where you get longer battery life, you get improved field of view. We're talking about augmented reality going on windshields soon. Um, you get 5G, the Internet of Things uh, coming and integrating into all of this augmented reality ideas and kind of making it a platform. So uh, consumer-specific applications like communications or navigation or fitness, uh, real-time health diagnostics uh, would be nice. Uh, I've got a little bit of a, I know you're going to say, please don't say this on radio, i got a tight tushy. Um, so... My legs hurt, my knee, my hips hurt bad. So when I sit down, I'm stretching. Um, the muscles are tightening in my gluteus maximus. Gluteus maximus, he was my favorite Spartan. He was my favorite Roman fighter in the world of gladiators. Gluteus maximus. Um, I don't even know how to say it. I don't know how to stretch it. I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong. But get me an augmented reality app to tell me if I'm doing it right or not wrong, and I'm all good about it. Some augmented reality applications are going to move beyond smartphones, and they become a little bit more sophisticated through headsets. Um, you're already starting to see Microsoft HoloLens is priced around three thousand uh, dollars. The Daiquiri smart glasses around five thousand. The Meta Twos uh, around fifteen hundred. So this isn't cheap. Prices exceeding two thousand dollars for augmented reality headsets. Uh, so they're too expensive for the average user. But the form factors are much more attractive than the virtual reality, which needs a lot more you know, computing power underneath it. 
let's say we're adoption is going to require a longer battery life. We can't constantly be going, oh, I got to plug this in. Oh, I got to plug that in. I've got so many freaking fragging things to plug in. I bought a stand that lets me put my devices, my iPads, my phones, my watch, um, soon my glasses, soon my, you know, virtual reality Googles. I like calling goggles Googles. I'm not sure why, but I do. So I now have a stand to put it all that junk on and all the cables in one area. Cables, cables, cables. So wireless charging obviously going to be uh, a big platform and Apple's right to introduce their own wireless platform charging technology that's faster than wireless platform technology. Are you with me against me? So augmented reality is, like I said, going to work really well in higher education. Um, where I didn't know what a Cumulus cloud was. I didn't know. I, I still don't know what a Cumulus friggin' fragging cloud is. Um, I don't want to see a real cadaver. I don't mind seeing a virtual cadaver. But when you start putting that in front of my face with augmented reality glasses on, it makes sense. Uh, I could see a Cumulus cloud as a storm cloud. I can see how two of them put together and make lightning. I know you're saying, that's not what it does. Just work with me. Sometimes I'm going to stray from the facts when I'm, I'm dealing with non-invested ideas. Um, the oil and gas industry, you know, facilitating the installation and maintenance of industrial machinery. Have you ever been put in a situation where you're trying to fix something and you're like, oh, crap, this doesn't look like what I thought it would? You put on your glasses and, you know, like, for instance, changing a light bulb in a Toyota Tacoma. Um, you go on YouTube and you see it. You pull it up and you're like, okay, so here's a 2003, but you've got a 2013. And where you put your hand is totally different. It looked really easy in the video that you watched online. Put on your augmented reality glasses and it's like, oh, go a little to the right. Go a little to the down, 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 down. Pull it, pull it. No, not pulling it hard enough. Yank it counterclockwise. Like that's what it'll be used for on more of an industrial case. So reality computing, the battle goes on beyond the phones, um, in my opinion. It's about the software to power the future of these applications. So the software developer kit, uh, Facebook has one, Microsoft has one, Google has one, Apple has one, Snapchat, not yet. They'll get there. Amazon, not yet. So as far as smartphone devices, yes. Apple and Google are the leaders. As far as headsets go, there's speculation, but there's nothing real on Apple. With Google, we do have the headset. With Microsoft, we do have the headset. With Facebook, we got plans for one. With Snapchat, uh, we got plans for one. With Amazon, we got plans for one. Smart glasses, probably. With Snapchat, the spectacles. So I'm trying to give you some pretty good ideas and concepts. The winners in reality computing fall for MOVA. We don't know. Uh, we can kind of see where the players are in mobile with the suppliers, with the sensory input, the haptics, the body movement. Um, there's publicly traded companies, obviously. Um, so that's worthy of note. And uh, trying to figure out who the players are, whether it be Samsung or LG or HTC or Micron or AMD or NVIDIA or Qualcomm. AMD, NVIDIA, and Qualcomm are the you know computation graphic players. For memory, you got Micron, Intel, and SK, Hynix. In processors, you got Intel, Qualcomm, Samsung. In tracking software, you got companies like Leap and Ednight and uh, others. Haptics, you have three or four companies. Physics engines, you have two companies. The Unreal and the Unity engine. 
Um, so there's content players, uh, you know, on the enterprise side and on the consumer side. So a lot going on. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit more on tech and media, where we're going with augmented reality, virtual reality, with how many days are in the hour or how many day hours are in the day. That's what I meant to say. Uh, the speaker battles, the virtual reality battles, the augmented reality battles. Where will it lead us to? Sports is the answer. I've already told you that. So tune in and learn why. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I don't try to predict the markets. I don't try to go back and say I'm smarter than you. I don't think I'm smarter than you. I think I work harder than you. I don't tell you, and I definitely don't run commercials like, do you know when the market's going up? Do you know when the market's going down? Do you have a plan and a good plan? Do you have a plan Do you have blah, 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 blah? Um, listen, if you can get 7% guaranteed returns in real estate, you'd be a fool not to. You'd be a fool to assume that a commercial tells you they can get 7% returns in real estate. It's pretty foolish. Uh, let's audit that. Show me audited returns. And uh, let's see, you know, audited results. So, because they don't exist. So be cautious. Says you're pretty soapy wise. Wolves may lurk in every guise. So I'm talking a little bit about the tech forecast on how much media we're consuming. Digital media, whether it be video services like Netflix and Hulu or audio. Um, there's a lot going on. The speaker battles and the great digital assistant wars, which they're on. And uh, I've enjoyed watching Siri go from a blathering idiot to or a total blathering idiot to just a blathering idiot and can't wait till it just becomes an idiot. Uh, but moving forward, big influencers on the web, consumers are dramatically increasing the time spent watching digital video. So we know that's happening. Um, average time spent per visit by platform. So on YouTube, it's about six minutes on social video. It's about two minutes. Um, and that's going to, grow um, in my opinion social video which is Facebook, Instagram Snapchat, YouTube downloads um, and then you get like the super video which you know again is more like the Netflix uh, and Hulu's a small percentage of creators drive the majority of views on YouTube uh, if you have kids who are into Minecraft there are some obnoxious Minecraft videos that, that seems to be all they watch I like the scare videos I don't know why. Today I'll be having a salad. And uh, if you can come up with the, like, the scariest scare videos of 2017 or the scariest scare videos of third quarter 2017 or the scariest scare videos of 2018. Like, I like watching people scared. Don't know, don't know what that means. But uh, Pennywise the Clown is always around. So out there, if you evaluate extensive tubular data, um, and I'm talking tubular data, you know, you get 10 million views, approximately 25% of the creators account for over 70% of the views. So there are channels and there are stars on YouTube and on Facebook. I post a Facebook live video every Friday and I'm not getting a lot of traction with it. I post it on my Facebook page, Cron4 Rob Black, on my Rob Black page, um, on the kdow.biz page on Facebook. It doesn't get a lot of traction, but it's growing. 
but I'm not a big influencer. The web video head is primarily influencing media companies. So um, if I were to give you some of the stars on YouTube, you'd be like, no way. Uh, Bethany Moda. You're like, who? Rosanna Pansino. Um, best friend versus girlfriend or boyfriend versus girlfriend. They're on YouTube and they play pranks on each other. Uh, Shane Dawson. What Jake Paul. About? I know you're saying, who are these people? Right. Um, KSI. Uh, Yuya. So these are real people who are making real dollars off the you know the gaming world of YouTube, the comedy world of YouTube, the people in blogs world of YouTube, the how to uh, style your hair this way or how to wear a tie correctly or how to um, make your pants that just came out of the dryer stretch enough because they've all the fibers have tightened. The secret is to put a little bit of water around the stretch uh, tight areas typically your waist and thighs. So top media company creators basically are YouTube. They dominate. So uh, in entertainment, who's number one on YouTube? Alan. Then you start getting into BuzzFeed. Then you start getting into The Tonight Show with Jimmy. Um, Later you get into Jimmy Kimmel and other players, right? In the musical scene, you know, Bieber's number one. Then you get Katy Perry and Taylor Swift and Rihanna and Shakira, Shakira, Shakira. Oh, no, my hips don't lie. Um, I wish I could sing. I cannot. So news on YouTube. Who's the winner? Um, It's no one you've ever heard of. The Young Turks. It's ABC. Well, you've heard of ABC. It's Inside Edition and CNN. So, you know, the top media companies are creators on Facebook, uh, for sure, for sure. Um, and they're companies that you've never heard of, like BuzzFeed and Fail Army, uh, Brightside and Nine Gag. And uh, for news and politics, you know, you don't get to CNN or Fox until you get to Now This or NTD TV. Um, so and then you get into CNN Fox. So anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Do you know who PewDiePie is? If you're going to be an investor in 21st century media and digital entertainment, you better. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Hopefully you enjoyed this content. Let me know either way, Rob at robblackshow.com. I'll do anything you ask me to. I'm your financial guru. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.